and welcome back to another episode of the Dunkel Index Podcast. I'm Ben Dunkel, and here with me is a guy who's planning to attend Colin Kaepernick's workout, my dad, Bob Dunkel. Well, I guess that makes at least one that'll be in attendance for the Colin Kaepernick workout. Uh, I don't know if anybody's going to show up for it. it. It's kind of like the tree that falls in the forest and nobody hears it. Does it make a noise? If you have a workout and nobody shows up, is it really a workout? I think you could use them in the uh, film department. <laughs> yeah, it'll be some uh, some tryouts for film crew there. No doubt about it. Yeah. Well, listen, give Kaepernick credit for, for, for hanging in there. We at the Dunkel Index are hanging in there, too. Um, after two rough weeks, I think the law of averages caught up to us. We, we were on a pretty good roll there for a couple of weeks. But last week, I, I think we... Uh, Started off with the news that Matthew Stafford wasn't going to be playing, and of course, we uh, we had the Lions pick in our drive, five for the drive. So uh, that was a bad omen of things to come. And uh, capped off with no pun intended, Kaepernick capped off with uh, the Niners falling apart down the stretch against uh, Seattle. That was probably my biggest surprise. I, I felt pretty good about the Niners coming in on that one, um, but. To Seattle's credit, um, and I tell you, Jadavian Clowney's turned out to be a nice acquisition for them. He was wreaking havoc in the backfield on Garoppolo, and they found a way to shut down the San Francisco running game, which had really kind of been the unsung story behind that team. So ended Monday night on a bad note, uh, but we're ready to roll this week. In fact, uh, I think we're going to highlight the Thursday night game as part of our five for the drive this week. Yeah, uh, so we can go ahead and uh, get started with uh, Week 11. First game Thursday night is Pittsburgh at Cleveland. So the Stillers are 5-4 and four overall, 6-3 and three against the spread now, and number 13 in the index. The Browns are 3-6 and six overall, 2-6-1 against the spread, and number 24 in the index. Biggest line on this one is Cleveland by 2.5. What do you think? Yeah, it's fun saying the uh, Steelers are five and four. I think we've focused on the Steelers just about every week, and we've been riding them uh, since they started out one and four, and they've uh, pulled off a number of upsets, uh, including uh, last week beating the Rams. Uh, three of those four games, though, uh, have been at home, so that's that's a little noteworthy coming into this one, but Kudos to Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin. Uh, things look pretty dire there in Pittsburgh with Roethlisberger out. And then Mason Rudolph went down for a while. But Rudolph's back, and uh, they pulled out a 17-12 to win over the Rams. May have sealed the Rams' fate, fate for the year with that win. And uh, you know, we were talking about Jadavian Clowney and the acquisition. What a difference that's made on the Seattle defense. I think similarly with the Steelers, their pickup of Minka Fitzpatrick from uh, Miami earlier in the year has really paid big dividends. Two weeks ago, uh, Fitzpatrick returned to pick six, 96 yards. And then last week when scoring was very hard to come by in that Ram game, uh, he returned to fumble 43 yards for a touchdown. So really has kind of made a big difference putting Fitzpatrick in that defensive secondary. For Cleveland, just when you thought you could write the Browns off for the year, the, it's going to be a disaster. The Sports Illustrated jinx was alive and well. 
Baker Mayfield, the sophomore jinx, uh, was also alive and well. Uh, they pulled out a win last week, and the way they won, I think, should give them some some mojo coming into this week because it took a comeback and it took Mayfield delivering at the end. He found Rashard Higgins with a, a TD pass there in the last minute. Uh, second straight week that Mayfield hasn't had any turnovers. So maybe Baker's hit rock bottom and starting to bounce back a little bit. And, uh, you know, the one constant has been Nick Chubb, and he's continuing to to light it up in the backfield. But they also added Kareem Hunt into the backfield last week. He's He came back from that eight-game suspension that he was serving. They got him into the mix a little bit. He picked up 30 yards on the ground and another 44 through the air. So should take some pressure off of Mayfield um, with the combo of Chubb and Hunt. So, you know... Cleveland is back into Believeland mode, although three and six, uh, you got to do a lot of lot of dreaming right now. But uh, they feel good coming off of that win over the Bills Thursday night. Uh, Pittsburgh comes in and they're just eight twenty one and one against the spread in their last thirty road games against teams with a losing home record. So the Steelers have let down their guard against teams that they probably should be beating even on the road. And the Browns have had moderate success, but at least some success against the Steelers. In the last five games, they're 3-1-1 one, and one against the spread. So on this one, uh, the Vegas line is Cleveland by 2.5. The Dunkel Index margin has Cleveland by 5. So we see Cleveland putting together back-to-back winning weeks. Pittsburgh may have peaked and uh, comes back down a little bit after their four-game winning streak. So we're going to take the Browns minus the two and a half. All right. Uh, Next game we have is a really good matchup. Houston at Baltimore. The Texans are six and three overall, five and four against the spread, and number eight in the index. The Ravens are seven and two overall, just four and five against the spread this year, and number three in the index. Vegas line is Houston by four. Who you got? Well, not only probably the best matchup of the week, uh, I'd say the most fun matchup of the week, just because of the two quarterbacks we've got going, Deshaun Watson against Lamar Jackson. Um, it's like playing Madden football here. I mean, these guys are just unbelievable right now, both throwing and running. I think, you know, we knew Deshaun Watson uh, was going to be able to, string together a couple good seasons and uh and he has i think we weren't so sure about lamar jackson even though he burst on the scene last year but boy i think jackson has shut up any critics including myself with his performances the last couple weeks Uh, certainly that big win over new england two weeks ago when nobody had gotten to the patriots defense all season and jackson just had him scratching their heads, trying to figure out how to stop this guy single-handedly, kind of just uh, thrashed him. And then last week, we had him coming down to earth a little bit, uh, a little bit of a a letdown uh, after the big New England win. But you know what, Cincinnati, I think you just need to show up right now against the Bengals and you're going to cover the spread. And they did. (laughs) And then some 49-13 over the Bengals. Uh, so Baltimore 
looks to be peaking uh, right now. Their last three wins have been by 14, 17, and 36 points. And as I said, Jackson, another big game last week. He completed his first 11 passes. So he, he really is starting to hone his passing game. And uh, then when you think he can somehow stop him there, he, he lights out and goes off on a, on a long run. And he added a 47-yard TD run in that game over the Bengals. So that that probably felt more like a scrimmage for them, a nice little tune-up for uh, for the big game against the Houston. Houston probably did do some scrimmaging. They had a bye week last week after a very successful trip to London, uh, beating the Jags 26-3. to uh, And I think uh, dousing Minshew mania for the foreseeable future. We'll get to the Jag- Jags game um, in a minute. But, um, you know, Deshaun Watson was the AFC player of the month, offensive player of the month in October. And he started off November just as well, throwing two TDs in the win over Jacksonville. And Carlos Hyde, another acquisition who's uh, made a big difference. Uh, Hyde had 160 yards on the ground. So Texans overall right now ranked fourth in both total yards and rushing yards. So offense is, uh, has been very good. And Kind of picking up the slack for a defense that lost J.J. Watt, but still playing well. In this one, though, uh, the Texans come in as 2-7 and seven against the spread in their last nine games against teams with a winning record. So while they have taken advantage of, t- of teams like Jacksonville, um, they have not been so good against the teams that have been higher ranked in the Dunkel Index. And Baltimore has had success against the Texans in recent years. They're 5-0 and straight up in their last five games at home. So that points to a uh, Baltimore win here as far as the Dunkel Index is concerned and cover. Texans, as you said, Ben, are favored by four. The Dunkel Index has, uh, pardon me, I, I should have said uh, the Ravens are favored by four. Uh, and the Dunkel Index has the Ravens favored by seven and a half in this one. So in the battle of dynamic QBs, we're going to back Lamar Jackson and the Ravens minus the four. All right. And as you alluded to, uh, the next game we have is Jacksonville at Indianapolis. So the Jags are four and five on the year, five and four against the spread, number 22 in the index. The Colts are five and four overall, four four and one against the spread, and number ten in the index. Biggest line is Colts by three and a half. What do you think? Yeah, Colts uh, five and four still very much in the playoff picture, but uh, they can't be feeling very good about themselves right now. Back to back losses, uh, Jacoby Brissett's knee injury really has hampered them. Um, they lost that heartbreaker to Pittsburgh two weeks ago when. Vinatieri missed the field goal that could have won it in the last minute. Then he misses another point after attempt last week. I think it's like six on the year. I mean, it's really incredible. Guy never misses. Um, I think it's last year. And he unfortunately is going out a little bit of a whimper there. But, um, you know, they lost last week uh, 16 to 12. Brian Hoyer makes his first start in two years uh, and ends up throwing three TDs. So and the loss to the Dolphins, who are suddenly surging back-to-back wins for Miami, but just inexcusable, even with Hoyer at quarterback, this team in playoff contention, uh, no way they should be losing at home. Um, 
And, you know, the loss of Brissett has certainly hurt, but also the loss of T.Y. Hilton. Uh, that's two major cogs in the offense that are gone. So uh, looking forward to this week against Jacksonville, good chance Brissett will play. Uh, Colts have been saying that they think he's coming back, but how how effective he's going to be. Certainly mobility is a big part of his game and dealing with the knee injury. I uh, just don't know how how good he's going to be. For the Jags, as we mentioned, Minshew Mania, which had captivated the fans of Jacksonville. Uh, all of a sudden, they go to London, lay an egg, and it looks like Doug Marone's going to make the call there. Maybe it was made a little easier after that bad performance against Houston. Uh, they're going back to Nick Foles, our former hero from uh, Eagles past, uh, making his return. Of course, we remember Foles was the opening day starter went down with that broken clavicle. So he's coming back off of IR, is going to make the start here, uh, just when it looks like the Jags could use a little shot in the arm. The other good thing for them coming into this is they actually have played well against Indy in the past. In fact, they're 7-0-1 against the spread in their last eight games versus the Colts. And the Colts are a woeful 0-6-1 against the spread in their last uh, seven games against teams with a losing record, uh, including last week's loss to the Dolphins. So on this one, uh, Indy is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home, as we saw last week against Miami. Home field doesn't seem to matter much right now. And uh, we've got this. The Dunkel Index has this at an even game. So we are going to take Nick Foles in his return to Jacksonville, plus the three and a half against the Colts. All right. Let's take a quick break. All right, we're back, and we're talking about a matchup of two teams who haven't seen each other since the preseason. It's the Patriots and the Eagles. New England is 8-1 and one overall this year, 6-3 and three against the spread, and still number one in the index. Philadelphia, 5-4 and four overall, 4-5 four and five against the spread, number 15 in the index. Both these teams coming off a bye week last week. Uh, the Vegas line is New England by 3.5. What do you think? Yeah, so I've forgotten about that preseason matchup. Of course, um, the matchup we all remember was Super Bowl 52 um, when the Eagles pulled out the win there. So this this is a rematch of that game, although I think uh, everybody from that Philly special is gone now, right? Um, Bowles certainly, and we just talked about him down in Jacksonville. Trey Burton's where? Up in uh, Chicago, right? Playing tight end up there. and. If Clement not in jail, <laughs> why? What happened? Wasn't he uh, steroids or something? Isn't that why we let him go originally? Oh, is that right? I don't know. I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that. Um, Keep going. I'll check my source. Check your facts on that one. Um, and then Clement, I think, is on IR or he hasn't played in a while. Anyway, it does bring back memories of uh, of that big win for the Eagles. Uh, 
one thing that is still there is, is Tom Brady coming back with the Patriots. And both teams are coming off buys this week. Patriots, of course, went into their buy following that first loss of the season to the Ravens. Um, so I guess they didn't have to worry about how we're going to keep this perfect season going. That took a little bit of a load off of them, but I'm, I'm sure they didn't see that one coming um, in Baltimore two weeks ago. As we mentioned a little earlier, Lamar Jackson just shredded uh, a defense that came in allowing only 7.6 points per game. He jumped on him early, got him a 17-0 lead, and the Ravens never looked back at 37-20 loss. So all of a sudden, uh, New England's defense starting to look a little mortal. Um, the Eagles, they didn't have to do anything last week, and they actually picked up a half game on Dallas thanks to the Cowboys' loss to Minnesota on Sunday night. So all of a sudden, they're back in a tie for first place in the NFC East. Uh, don't know if they necessarily earned it. But at five and four in this NFC East, that's good enough to get you at the top of the bracket there. Um, they have been playing better uh, the last two weeks prior to that with wins over the Bills and the Bears. And I think Doug Peterson, uh, when he can't get it done through the air, decided it's turned to the ground game. And the combo of Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders uh, has produced. And so uh, while the air game still continues to struggle since the injury of Deshaun Jackson, Howard and Sanders seem to be picking up the slack with the ground game. Um, for the Pats, I don't know if we include the preseason game in this, but uh, certainly the last five regular season games has not looked very good against Philadelphia. In fact, they're just one in four against the spread against the Eagles. And uh, the Eagles have uh, stepped it up with the exception of that Dallas game a couple weeks ago. They actually have played pretty good ball against teams with winning record. In fact, they're six and one against the spread in their last seven games against teams who have a winning margin. So on this one, uh, the Patriots, three and a half point favorite at home. The Dunkel Index, uh, very similar to the Indy Jacksonville game, has this a pick 'em game. So we will take the Eagles at home uh, plus the three and a half in the rematch of Super Bowl 52. Go Birds. Go Birds. I don't know if this one has nearly the excitement that Super Bowl 52 had, but uh, I don't know. We were talking earlier. It just doesn't seem to have much buzz to it, but maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised and both teams will, will bring their A games with them. I think of the two, clearly, the Eagles need this one more. So I think the crowd will be into it. Yeah, it wasn't Trey Burton I was thinking of, but I also can't figure out who it was. But we released somebody uh, earlier this year, and then they got re-signed. Uh, I, I thought it was the Bears, but it might have been a different Oh, no, no. I know who you're talking about. It was Michael Kendricks. Kendricks, yes. It was Michael Kendricks. You're right. He was involved. And he's playing linebacker. Where is he now? I just watched uh I just watched him the other night. And I was like, oh, is that where Michael Kendricks ended up? All right. Well, while you look at that up, I will introduce our last game this week. 
Kansas City at the LA Chargers. The Chiefs are six and four overall this year, five and five against the spread, and number six in the index. The Chargers are four and six overall, three, five, and two against the spread, and number 20 in the index. Vegas line here is Chiefs by four. What do you think? Well, and Michael Kendricks is with the Seahawks. So, yes, we are watching him and, uh, and victorious over the Niners, ending the Niners' perfect season on Monday night. Um, yeah, so Kansas City, L.A., are you going to Mexico City for this one, Ben? Got your ticky? Uh, no, I fell through. <laughs> I can't make it. <laughs> yeah, the the NFL going international again this week, uh, heading down to Mexico City and the uh, altitude there. In fact, I saw a lot of people looking up how the two teams had performed against the Broncos because that, that might have been a gauge for how they might do on this one. Um, of course, they're not facing the Broncos, so that may make a little bit of a difference. But I guess you could read something into that as far as the altitude goes. Needless to say, both teams need victories badly. I think Chargers, much like the Eagles, in a little bit more of the desperate mode here. But Kansas City all of a sudden is starting to take on some water. Uh, it started with uh, the Patrick Mahomes injury. Uh, Mahomes came back last week and really looked good. Uh, threw for 446 yards and three TDs. So Seem to be no issues with the broken kneecap, which I don't know, that just sounds painful coming back from that. But uh, he, he gutted it out, looked good. But for Chiefs fans, it had to be a little deja vu because the defense looked like its old porous self. Uh, they allowed Tennessee to put up 35 points on them. Titans offense, not necessarily known for ringing up a lot of points. And they gave up a 23-yard TD pass to Ryan Tannehill, the resurrected Ryan Tannehill uh, with just 23 seconds left. So a really bad loss. Uh, it was on the road, so I guess somewhat forgiven in, in that sense. But they had Tennessee beat and let him off the hook and let Ryan Tannehill beat him. Uh, and 35 points, again, brings back some nightmarish uh, memories of last year, especially that playoff game against the Patriots. Um, and with the flipping of the calendar, it doesn't necessarily get better for Kansas City. In fact, they're just 2-5-1 and one against the spread in their last eight games in November. So uh, Chiefs fans, I think, are hanging on right now. The Chargers, uh, you thought they were getting right. They had the big win over Green Bay two weeks ago. Phillip Rivers looked really good. The defense shut down Aaron Rodgers. You know, there was still some playoff hope there. And then they go to Oakland, and they let Oakland off the hook. In fact, they had Oakland beat. It was kind of a carbon copy of the Chiefs' loss. Uh, and they let the Raiders drive down at the end, and Josh Jacobs gets a 18-yard TD run with just over a minute left. Rivers didn't come close to resembling uh, the QB who played against Packers the week before, he threw three INTs, including two on the first two possessions, which allowed Oakland to jump out to a 10 to nothing lead. They've, Chiefs or Chargers were playing catch up uh, the rest of the night. And even though they did take the lead, uh, Oakland had too much form in the end. So 
LA, though, the flipping of the calendar does uh, present opportunities. They've been a good team in November in the past. In fact, they're eight and two against the spread in their last 10 games. So going to Mexico City, high altitude and all. Uh, Chiefs are a four point favorite, as you said, Ben. This one with both teams in desperation mode, uh, the Dunkel Index has this uh, KC favored by only one. So we're going to take Rivers to bounce back and have a better game and keep this one close in Mexico City. Hasta la vista, KC. <laughs> Muy bien. Muy bien. Um, so that will do it for week 11 of the NFL. Uh, we've got a ton of stuff going on. College basketball, pro basketball, pro football, college football. Uh, I think uh, we've also we've got, got CFL uh, playoffs. CFL and EPL. EPL. Yes, it's a busy time of year. Uh, no doubt we need a bye week, uh, but we're not getting anyone. We'll We'll catch up on our Z's uh, come March, April. Uh, but right now, you're right. We've got a ton going on. So thanks to all of our listeners. Uh, and uh, thanks for the folks who continue to come to the website. Visit us at dunkelindex.com and follow us on Twitter. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's hope for a better week this week. Our listeners deserve some winners. Hopefully, we've served up five here. and. Uh, We'll uh, we'll do college tomorrow and uh, give them give them ten and then uh, we start off our NBA podcast last week and uh, went four and one in our five starting five uh, NBA picks so that was fun to we'll try to get that one up again this week as well yeah that uh, sounds pretty good so yeah Great. we'll talk to you guys later this week and uh, see you later.